We keep things rolling here on the Sports Cubicle on WCPT 820 AM and now on WSBC 1240 AM Chicago. I'm your host, Mike Mercado, and it is our favorite time of the year, not just because the NFL wildcard and divisional rounds are here. We can see the Super Bowl right around the horizon. Pitchers and catchers are about to report, friends. And of course, the NBA and NHL is in full swing. But that also means that we hear a timer in an arena, nay, a stadium full of fans counting down from 10 to 0. It is Royal Rumble season, which means WrestleMania is right around the corner. And to celebrate not just WWE, AEW, but wrestling fans is somebody who we are so excited to have here on the show. He is the author of For the Love of the Show. Pro wrestling fans tell their stories. He is Dr. Jeremy Housewright. Doc, how you doing, bud? Thanks for joining us here on the Sports Cubicle. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Of, of course. So obviously you are a huge wrestling fan. You journalist who's covered sports and some awesome moments, awesome arenas. Before yeah. we get into that, let's do some credentials. Let's 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 get these uh these fans ready to talk about your love for pro wrestling. How far back does it go? Are we talking about the rock and roll generation? Are we talking about the territory days? Are you ruthless aggression, attitude era? Where does your love start for pro wrestling? Uh, I was a fan at six years old, so that would uh, be probably 1987. So probably the rock and roll era, right around them. And Hogan and uh, Andre were doing WrestleMania three. WrestleMania 3 also has the legendary Steamboat Macho Man match, and a lot yeah. of historians go back to that moment, right? And for yes. me, I'm kind of the generation towards the end of Attitude Era, heading into the SmackDown 6, and then everything moving towards that way. Uh, my first live wrestling event was in the summer of 2011 at the Allstate Arena when a certain Chicagoan walked out of the WWE as a champion and we know Chicago is a a wrestling city, but when we talk yep. about those moments like WrestleMania three up in Detroit and those photographs getting taken, people mentioning that, telling their kids, their grandkids, their granddaughter, their sisters that they were at that moment. When you were writing this book, are there those type of moments like WrestleMania three where we could talk about Hulk and Andre, but it is the Savage and Dragon matches, the Steamboat matches that really just seem to just hold on to the fan base is hard i think in the book i reflected back on my first wrestlemania that i attended was wrestlemania 30 and of course that's where lesnar broke the undertaker's streak and um i mentioned you know standing in the crowd and being a brock lesnar fan i was cheering uh but i was also at the time in disbelief because it didn't end um very cleanly and i remember you know looking around people had shocked looks on their faces people were Grown men were crying uh, because their hero had lost his, you know, beloved streak. So that was a moment that really stood out to me uh, as a WrestleMania moment. That and, you know, of course, Kofi winning the title when I was at WrestleMania 35 in New York. And then that main event uh, being the first uh, women to main event of WrestleMania uh, was a pretty big deal as well. It was such a big deal, and they were doing such a great job of promoting that particular triple threat match. It was Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey, and Becky Lynch. Becky has been a friend of the show guest here on the Sports nice. Cubicle, Sports from the Couch. Awesome, you know, awesome lad, as they say. Obviously, Seth Rollins, a huge Bears fan, so they got love here for Chicago. Chicago loves them, and we all love wrestling and pro wrestling, sports entertainment, however you want to call it. And 
you talking about those moments, right? Even WrestleMania 30, talking about that Brock Lesnar Undertaker moment. Heck, Vince McMahon, the legend goes, he went to the ER with Undertaker because of the concussion. But that very night was bookend, started and bookend with the awesome storyline of Daniel Bryan. Now Bryan Danielson yeah. beating Triple H and then in that triple threat match, a, against Randy Orton and Batista, one of those moments where it felt like the WWE audience, the wrestling audience, really did force the hand of management and management maybe reluctantly went with it. And I think by the yeah. end kind of was all in on it until injuries kind of took over post-WrestleMania. But something like that where in a show that has that amazing storyline, we look at Lesnar and, and Undertaker as kind of the key moment in a pay-per-view that's legendary. How often does that happen in right. your research of these amazing wrestling moments over the last 50, 60 years of people just, we were expecting this to be the show stealer, but it was that one that did it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's rare. It really is. Um, you know, I, you, you mentioned, you know, uh, Chicago, I was just there for survivor series and I'm a huge CM Punk fan. Um, that's my guy. Uh, I actually have his logo tattooed on my arm. Um, and that night, you know, I did not expect him to show up everything that I had heard uh, from, you know, people I knew and, and from some of the wrestlers, uh, no one knew. And when that music hit, I, I flipped out. That was a, one of the first times in a while that I've really flipped out at a show. Um, and I had goosebumps uh, and it was so loud. Uh, you, you couldn't hear, you could hardly hear his music. Um, that's how loud it was. Um, so, you know, something like that, you know, um, it, it's really something special if, if you're a wrestling fan to see moments like that. And that's the thing about WWE. They're so good at bringing those moments to the stage. You know, I I think at WrestleMania 40 this year and even the Royal Rumble, I think we're going to see some special things uh, that we'll remember for a long time and be talking about for a long time. Myself and one of the hosts here who isn't with us right now, but Devin Tingle, we were at the Allstate Arena for Survivor Series, and you're 100% right. We see that, low, that little lower third bug come up, and you're looking up in the big jumbotron, and it's kind of weird. You can see the War Games cage. You kind of see the, the wrestlers kind of prepping. They're all looking at stage, and when you hear that chord, the static in the chord, I've never had mm – -hmm. I've been to baseball playoff games at Wrigley Field. I've been to – Crazy fourth quarters at the United Center for the Chicago Bulls and amazing overtimes for the Blackhawks. That rivaled some of those moments. And I think yeah. this resurgence of wrestling now in pop culture, heading into Royal Rumble, heading into WrestleMania season, everything that's happened with the bloodline, everything that's happened with all these storylines, heck, out of the ring with Vince McMahon no longer owning or being the head guy of wrestling. It's owned by a whole new different company and the reign of Triple H. Do you think the resurgence of wrestling is more a byproduct of the product or just that wrestling's always just been one of these things where it's hot and cold from the days of the carnival all the way to the territories to this point? I think it's resurgence really started during the pandemic. People were at home. They needed something to watch. Everything was a repeat except for pro wrestling. And uh, it was interesting to watch it from the Thunderdome. Um you know, at first I was very intrigued. It kept my attention. I even filled out the form online to go on there and be one of the people uh, in the, in the you know, seats. But uh, after a while it wore down, you know, it's welcome wore out because it's like we miss the fans. 
And I think once the fans came back, WWE slowly started to build. And, you know, Triple H taking over was definitely a plus. Um, he has done everything right so far, bringing in superstars. I mean, you look at the rosters, the Raw roster. I was just talking to Drew McIntyre yesterday. The Raw roster is loaded. And, you know, you got Punk there. You got Cody there, who's arguably the biggest star in the company. Um, it is a special time for wrestling. And I think it was time for it to happen. I think the fans just started coming out of the woodwork and they wanted to enjoy a great storyline that was intriguing, that was, uh, you know, eye-catching. Uh, it was something we the bloodline storyline is something we've never seen before. Um, and that's what's so neat about it. Do you think at this point the merge of sports and how much like them giving a, a world title to the Super Bowl champion, to the World Series champion, to the NBA final champion, kind of being integrated, making sure they for years they've been putting them in the front row of whatever arena they are. Do you think kind of that that blur now of it's big time? We're at Cardiff, we're gonna be in Australia. How big has that been in the resurgence of this is big time? It's a game changer. Um, you know, I was just telling somebody yesterday that uh, I can remember as a kid in 1991, they had something called Russell Fest at Bush Stadium in St. Louis. And I was there and I remember, you know, being a kid and just being on the field. And, you know, there's only probably seven, eight thousand people there for that show. But being in the stadium on the field uh, was something special. And now that they have these big shows, uh, in you know 80 70 80,000 seat stadiums uh it's really cool you know it's cool for the fans and I'm sure the wrestlers are blown away by the reaction of the crowd I mean you know going to a summer slam at Ford Field in Detroit uh this summer was unreal because not only are you going to experience the wrestling you get to experience the city itself and Detroit was awesome. You know, I, I had never been to Detroit before and I went to a Tigers game. I walked around the city. It was a beautiful city, beautiful weekend of weather. Uh, I wish the event could have been outside, honestly, because it was perfect weather for it. Uh, but, you know, I, I love it that they have it in these big stadiums. And, you know, you mentioned going overseas and, you know, UK and Australia, that's only going to help the product grow. I mean, you're tapping into a whole nother realm whole nother uh nation that you haven't been in yet and so it's only going to make the product build more and um i think we're going to see more and more of that i think the time of seeing a wrestlemania overseas is coming sooner than later um you know i could see one in london or something like that coming soon and we saw the tease right back at, I think, Money in the Bank from John Cena that it is going to be something that they've talked about, even a WrestleMania in Vancouver. And I think they've really taken note of what the NFL is doing, right? The NFL has had a stranglehold in the United States. And now the NFL wants to go international at this point. And I think WWE, when they struggled back in the early 90s, that's what they did. They went to international revenue streams, and that's what they're doing now. And it's fascinating to see how they've kind of taken that approach in modern wrestling and he's the author of for the love of the show pro wrestling fans tell their stories dr jeremy house check it out on amazon bards and noble we'll leave a link in the description in the video and of course the podcast and he's done some great work when it comes to the world of sports and pro wrestling and a great uh writer and journalist and we're so lucky to have him here on the sports cubicle and i guess the the pivot would be 
the competition. We've we've been able to have access to Tony Khan through press conferences, media scrums, and we were able to see him this past uh, all out. And now there is this huge moment coming out for AEW Revolution of Sting retiring. And your book, I believe, is kind of the byproduct of all these years of the fandom and the newsletters and the tape traders, the old school Jim Cornette sitting by ringside, taking pictures type of thing that and Sting is retiring and is one of those guys in the Coliseum in Carolina. It's going to be a thing and a moment in wrestling history for fans and pro wrestling. So what does it mean for somebody like you to see that career Come full circle. We finally saw The Undertaker, the Northeast version of that. His big swan song has come and gone. Now it stings. What kind of impact does that do for somebody like you who's written a book like that where Sting is kind of like that real keystone to a book like this? You know, I'm I'm a huge Sting fan. Um, In my basement, I think I have four or five signed photos from him. Um, You know, I'll be honest, he's one of the main reasons I follow AEW. Um, I've always been a fan. And to see him finally calling it a career, um, I wish it was a singles match. I would love to see him in a singles match. But, you know, he is 63, 64 years old. So I understand uh, he probably will just go in and do do the uh, usual moves that you see him do, the stinger splash and, and all that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's one of the greats. And uh, – I think a lot of, especially fans of early WCW, NWA days, watching on TBS, uh, you know, on Saturday nights, they're they're gonna be a little bit sad to see him go because that's part of our childhood, uh, hanging it up. You know, we've seen Undertaker do it, Sting is doing it. Uh, you know, I think Chris Jericho is probably not far away from doing that. Um, of course, if we get The Rock for one more match, that'll be it. Uh, you know, rumors that Roman may not be far away from hanging it up soon. I mean, a lot, and, you know, I was just saying John Cena is almost done. We still got Randy Orton, um, but we don't know how much longer he's got left either. So a lot of these guys that we grew up on uh, are going to be gone and it's going to be time for a new generation to step up and hopefully carry the reins and keep uh, that company, you know, both companies uh, doing, doing, you know, successfully well. And it's crazy that we talk about this new era coming, right? As we put another one to pass and as these legends go away, they'll get their hall of fame. They'll have their last matches and a new age has begun. The streaming days have become where now there's rumors about Monday night raw going to Amazon, possibly HBO max and worst case scenario for Tony Khan and their deal with Warner. Who knows where that's going to go. But now we have SmackDown going to USA in a year. Is it amazing to you watching how it went from, delays and pre-recordings and the Manhattan Center and Doink the Clown main events in Monday Night Raws to where we're at now with multi-billion dollar deals on three different channels. Yeah, I think like you said, it's I, I just come to kind of expect it now. I think that the product's big enough where these, these you know, entertainment companies know that there's money to be made there and both sides can benefit from it. I mean, Amazon, is, and that's where I think Raw will be heading, um, you know, they're huge. So you're, you're getting eyes on a product that you've never had before. Um, you know, it's kind of like I equate it to like the Chiefs with Taylor Swift. Um, she's putting eyes on that product. I'm a huge Chiefs fan, so I always bring everything back to the Chiefs. But she's brought eyes to that you know, team in the NFL that were never there before. Uh, and it's going to be the same with wrestling, going to these streaming uh, companies, Prime and, uh, you know, HBO Max. 
things like that. Maybe Netflix someday, who knows? But uh, it can only help the product grow and it'll help the companies grow as well. You know, it's funny. I told off air my co-host that the Chiefs are the Roman Reigns of football right now. And until Josh Allen, Cody Rhodes finishes his story, I can't pick against Kansas City. Don't tell, so, don't tell me Josh Allen's Cody Rhodes, man. Hey, we'll find out. <laughs> we might, hey, we'll find out if he finishes a story or not. But uh, I think Kansas City is going <laughs> to walk into Buffalo and they're going to find a way to Simone spike Cody into the ground and win, leave WrestleMania 39. With a smile. You know, you don't you don't go against Mahomes, man. That's that's the thing. Uh, yeah. The dude is unreal. Um, and I know, you know, people like to hate on him. But really, um, I've been a fan since I was 10. So 32 years now. Chiefs have been through some rough, rough times, you know, so it's not like um, they've been great forever. But uh, and I keep telling fans uh, relish these times while you can, because it's not going to last forever, as you can see in like New England. And as you can see right here in Chicago, yeah. <laughs> as you can see yeah, right here, guys. I really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? So do I. <laughs> he, he is not <laughs> in Jerry House, right? For the love of the show, wrestling fans tell their stories. All right, before we let you go, uh, let's have a little fun of predictions. We have about two minutes left to be able to do this. So right. does Roman versus Rock happen at Perth at Elimination Chamber? Yes or no? No, no. Does Rock versus Roman happen night two at WrestleMania 40, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania? Sad to say yes. When does Cody Rhodes finish his story? I'm going to say SummerSlam. And if the rumors are true, will it be Cody Rhodes versus Okada at WrestleMania 40? I'm saying no. I'm saying Randy Orton. Will Drew McIntyre leave WrestleMania 40 after Claymore and kick Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 40, um, I, barring injury? I think I think that would have happened, barring injury. But everything I'm hearing, I don't know if that's going to happen. Drew's my boy. Um, I hope Drew – I think they need to put a title on Drew. He's worthy of it. Um, he's His character now is great. I love it that – He's got some fans actually turning against him. Um, I think I think he's a he can come in and just destroy everybody as far as I'm concerned. So I I, I would like to see a title on him soon. And if Seth is healthy, then um, I'd like to see Seth and, and Drew. And finally, because we have to do it and we know what time it is, it's clobbering time. CM Punk walks in at number 30 and wins the Royal Rumble and challenges your boy, Drew McIntyre, for the World Heavyweight Championship, possibly even Seth Rollins, barring injury, a triple threat match, keeping tradition going at a WrestleMania every 10 years. Am I crazy, yes or no? No, you're not crazy. I think uh, that's definitely possible, a, a good possibility, but I don't think Punk comes out the champion. Ooh, we're going to hold you to that. He's going to earn it. He's got to earn <laughs> it first. And I, and I love Punk. I've I've met him a few times. I've interviewed him. Um, I love the dude. He's he's my all-time favorite. But I think they're going to make him earn it. Well, you are earning every bit of awesome piece of respect and book sale and click and follow because you are an amazing guest. You are doing such a great job representing wrestling fans, representing journalists, and mixing the worlds of sports and entertainment. And he is Dr. Jeremy House, right? The book is For the Love of the Show, 
pro wrestling fans tell their stories. Check it out on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever you get your favorite books online. Uh, where can Doc? Where can they find you on the social so they can support you and click on all the easy links? So I'm on Facebook, uh, JM Housewright, and then Instagram, uh, Doctor Jeremy Housewright, and then uh, on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, um, Heinous J2003. It is going to be a wonderful Royal Rumble. It is going to be an awesome WrestleMania season. And you are going to enjoy your read of, for the love of the show, pro wrestling fans tell their stories. He is Dr. Jeremy Housewright. Doc, thank you so much for joining us here on the Sports Cubicle. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it.